0: Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another Rahalastapar.
1: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Phoenix. Please welcome a man whose love affair with Barry Manilow has just been rekindled. It's Richard
1: Herring.
0: Thank you very much. You're much better than last week's audience. Bunch of pricks, those guys. It's 2022, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Let's Start 2022 podcast. Uh, but I was hanging out with Hannah Montana the other day. Uh, she's pretty cool. She calls it Um uh, Miley Cyrus has never heard of it though. It's weird. It's weird the way that works out. Uh, I've got a good feeling about the year 2022. I think it's going to be a good year. I've said that at the beginning of every podcast for the last five or six years. One year I've got to be Right. <laughs> going to be much better than last year right <laughs> got to be right <laughs> right <laughs> I'm not sure uh, <laughs> so uh hey look um uh, i i had my uh, uh i went to my see my oncologist i've got an oncologist yeah cuz I'm pretty cool uh and uh, every, i'm all good so everything's all right so are the, are the all the cancer's gone away so that's good uh, uh and uh, i tweeted that that makes me immortal now and the uh, the Metro reported that as fact. So, that is, so now that is... Richard Herring now immortal, it says. It's a headline. So I think that that has got to be the case. So that's, that's good news. Uh, and so I've gone from... When I thought I was going to die, I sort of thought I'd better seize the day and make the most of every moment. Now, yeah, I've probably got another 15 years in me, so... Just been playing video games with my phone most of the time now. And, uh... <laughs> just go back to the way it was. I haven't learnt a thing. Um... <laughs> So hopefully it should be all right. I've got to drink more water, which I—that that is, yeah, I'd rather. I, I genuinely said I'd. I said I'd rather die, and I've done it for four days. And I would rather because you just need to go to the. You've got to drink three pints of water a day. Just go. You need to go to the toilet all the time. I've got to drive home after this. Bloody hell, it's awful. Uh, so don't never get ill, but stay healthy. Be good. And I, I ran my half marathon. I ran it in one hour, fifty-five minutes, and one second um it would have been uh would have been under the sub 155 but my my son was at the side of the road was when they were, came to cheer me along and i grabbed him and picked him up and pretended i was going to run the whole half marathon with him was this is about i was really full of energy this was about it was six kilometers in i was feeling brilliant i was going really fast and then my ear pods fell out and then they went under a car and i had to try and find <laughs> so that would have been it would have been a, what sub 155 if it wasn't for that I don't know if that's, that happens to many marathon runners <laughs> trying to carry a child. Well, thank you to everyone who uh, supported that, and, and, and also if you bought the um, live stream to the uh, last series. Well, this is still this series, but the rest of the Square Theatre podcast. That that money is going to the Museum of Comedy and also to uh, the charity, a charity based uh, with the, do- the my oncologist trying to stop people getting cancer. It's probably quite a good cause, isn't it? You know, but then how, how are they going to write books and shows about it if I don't get it? <laughs> Think of the comedians, doctors, and please do not, do, not, do not cure us. Cure us enough that we can stay alive, but no, don't stop us getting the diseases. I'd have, no, I'd, have, I'd have nothing to write about. Seriously, I'm doing it. It's the part of my sitcom. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've t- 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 talked about it a lot on here, obviously. I'm doing a podcast about it. I'm writing a book about it. I'll probably do a stand-up show about it.
1: It's
0: been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I made a, I made a puppet and I've got a puppet of my ball. Big time. Best year of my life. So, um, best year of my life. Got in the metro. I'm back. People have to pretend they were sad that I was ill. It's great. So, my guest this week... I'm going to try and get up on the seat early. Oh. It spins around at the same time. That's like, I'm not even drunk. Oh, there we go. My guest this week is probably best known for his appearance. I've got to put my glasses on. Uh, on Ooh La La Die liebe Circus. <laughs> I hope we only talk about that for an hour. It's the, it's the amazing absolute legend, ladies and gentlemen. We please welcome Chris Liner.
2: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? They talk, oh, I have to use it. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm not very good at holding mics. No, but that's
0: not something you do Didn't no. your act very much. I'll, no. I walk to them. <laughs> to be on a stand. Yeah, it's all right. We'll pick you up. We'll pick you up somehow. Aye. It's Chris Lynam. And, like, it's quite unusual. I did, in fact, when you arrived, I didn't recognise you because, you know, I'm so, we're so used to seeing you with your magnificent of... hair yeah. shooting up in the air. That well, uh,
2: you can walk around incognito. I can do it quite quickly now. If you want to, yeah, nip off and do it. <laughs> Maybe as an
0: encore. I thought I've you going to be I've, gonna been, gonna I've been
2: practicing. Have you?
0: <laughs> so do you remember being on uh, Oula la, la de Lieb, circus? Ah, yeah,
2: it was a really nice gig. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> was it in ge- I hope it was in Germany. No, it could have been in France. Oh, it's um, oh, well, it's, r- it's run by um, the circus Knie Lot, which right. is they're one of the bigger circuses in <laughs> Europe. And um, the son said said to the father, who's Rolf is really old school circus and uh, you have to have the jugglers and all the horses and all that shizzle. And um, he's gone, I, I want to do a, a sexy circus. And so the dad's gone, all right, well, because I've got loads of tents. So like, oh, can I have a tent to do a circus? Rich people, while they're swanning around in their place in Marbella. <laughs> Let's do a sexy circus. All right, well, you take the white tent, All right. Oh, yeah, and we'll put frills and pink and shit in it, and champagne. Yeah, that's it, we'll have champagne. And, um yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a tits and bums circus yes. with... Um,
0: <laughs> And they, you of... were in it, which is a compliment, isn't it? That's, uh, can I go in the sexy circus? That's <laughs> only right, Chris. Did you? Were you in? Were you invited, or did you just sneak in because you heard it was sexy? No, no.
2: no. <laughs> no got, and, and the good thing about the Swiss is they pay you shed loads of money and give you chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific.
0: Well, look, Chris. Not everyone. Not everyone will necessarily know your name. Now I think a lot of people will have be aware of you and have seen you and... and yeah, no, th-
2: that's the um, the unfortunate thing and why I'm not getting so many gigs is because um, I'll phone up go, hi, it's Chris Lynham here, can I get a gig? And I go, no, no. But if I phoned up and said, I'm the bloke that sticks a firework up, I was going to go, oh, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> 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 you
0: know,
2: do remember
0: shit. It is, it is, I mean, it's sort of bizarre because it's, it's great <laughs> to have something that everyone... I mean, you will always be remembered for this, the, the ending... Ending your stand-up set with a Roman candle up your bum, singing "No business like show business." It's, it's an amazing, and it has to be seen to be believed. Well, but there's, apparently
2: there's, someone's got to do it, Richard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you must have been annoyed when that bloke in the that who looking in the World Cup stole your act. Do you see the, the the fan on the? No, not at all. Yeah.
2: It was completely different. There was a flare for a start. <laughs> and and. I mean, did you see that? Have you seen my ass compared to that? I mean, <laughs> I've still, at my age, got a pert little fucking new ass. It's like it's like a <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Although, <laughs> just talking about that, because we may as well talk. Uh, we we won't, won't talk about banging out the bum for an hour. But the, <laughs> the one one of my favourite stories about it is um, greatest show on legs in Edinburgh one year, and. Um, we used to do the National Front Can Can, which was, but we had fishnet stockings, army boots, and kind of, what f- are f- they called, fishnetty kind of oh, yeah. camouflage things. And, uh, you know, a bit, a bit of a hint of camouflage and, and can cans. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Malcolm can't dance, of course. Martin, not a bad dancer. Bah, bah, bah. Anyway, this about two weeks into the run, I jumped up and landed in the splits right and you know, the music was playing loud it was in the big room at the Gilded balloon and there was this deafening rip <laughs> my fucking hamstring going oh god and boy i didn't move i just stayed on the floor and delivered Wonderful World, which is a song I sing, and Malcolm comes on stark bollock naked to it with a pint of beer in his fucking newspaper and sits there and reads it, and oh, I want a wonderful world. You know, it's, I mean, it's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next thing is Bang Up The Bump. I wasn't going to get up for it. Malcolm goes, I'll do it. <laughs> Fuck. But he, thought, he actually thought that you had to stick it right up your ass. I... LAUGHTER in those days, I was using the cheap Chinese versions who only cost three quid or something for five. But the trouble with them was half of them thought they were bombs, not fucking fountains. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> I'd had a few accidents and obviously made, you know, adjustments to the, how they were held in leather fucking pouches. And <laughs> 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 but you'd lose the pouch and then, oh, just a bit of gaffer tape. And then, ah oh, bang! Oh, fuck! You know, so... Anyway, Malcolm's doing it. First I got. <coughs> No, Mark, don't stick it up because if it blows up, that, you're dead. <laughs> but his arse was one of those like the, the bloke in the World Cup thing, all flabby and fucking boils all over it. I mean, it was, I oh, was just. So, <laughs> the picture was me sitting on the huge stage in front of 400 people, hold, clenching Malcolm's spotty boil pot. <laughs> With this fucking firework going yeah. Yeah, No. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd get that off my chest. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, it's you
0: know it's great in a way to have something that you are a member for, but it kind of also overshadows everything else. But you know, it, 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 get, you know I, I
2: think I don't think it's particularly funny. I think it's a, <laughs> a fucking sensationalist waste of fucking time, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you've, uh, you know, but I saw you know I think we gigged together. It must be about ten or fifteen years ago because because we were up in Chiswick and I, don't, I haven't played that venue for a while. And uh, you, so you're you're doing what's fascinating now, and I want to talk to you about how everything began and, and the eighties and everything. But you you you've stayed for you to be doing your avant garde performance theatre, sort of mind clowning in a stand up setting. And I'm guessing in the eighties it, it sort of fitted in. More, more with what yeah, everyone yeah. was doing. The would be a lot more varied. Didn't yeah, it was, yeah, it was, but it was a, now it's not varied, and it, that's no. a terrible thing in, in, <laughs> in most ways. But it's, but it's, it's sort of so wonderful to see this, and for it to work, you know, and for people not to go, what's going on? What's this guy? Why you, you're actually kind of taking physical theatre. To comedy clubs, to people who would never go and see stuff like that, and and wowing this audience with this—it's it's very funny, but it's this impressive. Well, I
2: forced them to laugh. I, <laughs> I, I fucking hit them or bring out my gun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so its roots are in in clowning and and street theatre. So you you started very. So you grew up in Zimbabwe, right? Yeah, yeah. born and grew up there. Yeah, mm. and um and you and as a fourteen year old, you sort of got into. Ah, yeah. Oh
2: yeah, you've read that bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I got, I got a job as a, a the, when I was thirteen, I, school holidays, yeah. selling cokes at a Luna Park, which was for a two week thing at a the, the Salisbury Show it was called then right. Harari it is now. And um, the next year I went back and to do the same thing, and happened to be in the right time and place for two R, to meet two RAF guys who came in to do a Raja act. Right. That they did fuck here kind of stuff. Right. Sticking nails up your nose, swallowing swords, blowing fire, lying on beds of nails, walking up razor blade ladders and shit. Right. And um, they needed an assistant. Oh, yes, I'll do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I learned all that stuff. Yeah. And one little sidetrack story was I was doing most of the afternoon shows and the uh, one the one point was they'd get somebody up out the audience to come and stand on you while you're on the bed of nails. <laughs> so th- this was me. <laughs> so... And they, who wants to come and stand on the bloke? And it's, it was mostly African people, and, you know, the independence hadn't happened. So uh, Although there wasn't apartheid then. There, there was a bit of kind of social apartheid, really. Not with me, but that's another story. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you call these people out, who wants to come up? Oh, yeah, Fred wants to come up. So Fred comes up, and but he's helped up. And it's only when he's standing on top of me you realize how pissed he is. He's going, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't fucking know where he is. He's standing there going, ah, I want to And then he looks down and sees a white guy and he goes, bang! <laughs> 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 he jumped on me. Wow. And they had to peel me off this bloody. <laughs> anyway, so I did two weeks of that. Yeah. And then. <laughs>
0: We'd be in hospital <laughs> for the next five
2: years. <laughs> <laughs> and then n- nothing more. I, did, I was a hippie. So I just yeah. got on with being that, you know, dropping out of school and all that. Started travelling at 15, left home in school. And two years in Southern Africa. And then they wanted me to join the army and everything. I went, mm, busy. <laughs> so <laughs> I came out to, came <clears throat> to England on a right. boat. And it wasn't until I was 20 that I woke up one morning and said, mm, I want to be a clown. right. And I did it.
0: Yeah. What was and so what was it that made you Because that's an odd decision to make at twenty. Maybe it isn't, but it's an unusual, you know, it's not the decision that everyone makes. So what was it that what appealed to you about clowning at, at the age of twenty? What was I
2: must have it? taken the clown pill the night before? <laughs> <laughs> someone slipped me the clown pill. <laughs> <laughs> because through
0: that decision, I don't know where you're taking the beginning of your career from, but you've been you know, you you told me you're approaching Fifty years in tw- next year, twenty twenty-three, you'll, you'll be fifty, 50 years. years in show business.
2: Business. Yeah. So. Oh, they can work at my age.
0: Uh, well, it seems impossible because you look—you don't look like you're, you know, there's fifty years. Sixty-eight. There? Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, I know. But still
2: cute ass.
1: You're,
0: you're in very, very, very good shape. I have to say. So uh, that's that, that's uh, that's i amazing. I'd, well, I—I—I I, I saw in another interview you say because you worked as in uh, in the uh, the electricity—you worked on electricity meters, right? Oh yeah. Well,
2: that was actually the decision yeah. that um, made me leave the country, as well as the call up. It all happened in one week. So in in Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, it's called now. You couldn't get a job anywhere except on the railways. I'd done that. That's another story. Um, with long hair. Right. Um, so I'd done. I got this short wig. And, <laughs> and got a job as an electricity meter reader, which I thought, oh, that, that's a great job. You get, it's like four days of training, and then you get put on a scooter, and you drive around all these little farms and read people's meters, and, you know, husband's at work, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I got to read your meter. <laughs> little girl. <laughs> and, uh... But... It was November, and it's really hot out there in November. So I do eight hours of this job and come out and rush around the corner, and rip this wig off and undo the pins and everything, take my hair out, because it was itchy. It's re- you know, if you've got a wig on for that much time, really, and, and the heat. So um, on the second day, I lost the wig on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not on purpose, but I couldn't find, a, you know, find another wig before tomorrow morning. Mm-mm. So I walked in, the guy couldn't believe it, that he'd been duped. Yeah. Get out and don't come back unless you've got a haircut, eh? <laughs> so that's when I went straight to Thomas Cook and said, <laughs> yeah. what have you got soon as cheapest going to UK? I had four days to get to Cape Town. So the, the, real,
0: the real prejudice in Rhodesia at the time was between the short-haired and long-haired yeah. women. <laughs> and we'll make a, a, a film about a man who wears short hair, gets discovered. Uh, uh, so
2: there's a uh, film, in it? There's, there's one other story about that, <laughs> yeah. about that period. Um, but prior to that, I'd had a job... In fact, I think the first job after school, maybe not, but soon after, because my father was a civil servant, he, he blagged me a job as a customs agent. Okay. Trainee customs agent. Ah, oh, fuck. All right, I'll do this. And um, so, are you allowed to swear?
0: Yes, of course, of course. you are.
2: I'm. I'm trying not to because I it's, don't think it's very attractive. <laughs> 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 it's coarse, really, isn't it? It is coarse. <laughs> <laughs> Uncalled for. <laughs> anyway, so I'm a, a customs a a, a a trainee customs agent. <laughs> Customs officer—that's it, not agent. Customs officer. So um, same thing, training, and then I, I was only in it for a month, and they said uh, it's time to get the haircut there. Can't they? I went, uh, pff, can't, and so I left <laughs> and went to Durban, which is a great city, and they have this um, long story. There's lots of stories about going to Durban, but one of the things about that city is they have. Um, some really good marijuana. It's called Durban Poison. It okay. <laughs> comes in these... It's really, I mean, it's not like the skunk stuff that they have now, but, you know, good, a good high it was. So <laughs> I, I thought I'd go home and I had a backpack and I just filled it with Durban Poison and put a <laughs> pair of <laughs> jeans and a T-shirt on top of it and sort of hope. And, I mean, getting caught with Dove in those days was, like, serious. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that, for that, it would have been, like, ten years in prison or something. right. Anyway, unbeknownst to me, when I got to the border, you know, a bit nervous, backpacking in the car and hitchhiking, so came into the South African side was easy to get through. Zimbabwean side, um, hey Phil, how you doing? <laughs> Boom, and it was the guys I was on the training course with. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, Oh, this is a good little ruse, and I was back and forth quite a few times. <laughs> And they used to take me into the back. Hey, come and see. Look what we've confiscated here. Look, we've got these televisions. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so did, did, was the, cl- the clowning led to street theatre before, yeah, before the Yeah. OK, so
2: when I decided to become a clown, I looked around, what you, could, who, what, you know, how do you do that? Yeah. And at that time, the only thing on offer was Lecoq School in Paris which I applied for and got one of the 80 places out of 3,000 applicants. But with the acceptance came the demand for the first year's fees was 2,000 francs, which was quite a lot of money. That was 73. And so I spent a month trying to get it, and I couldn't, so I just sort it. And at the Oval House, there was some tumbling workshops, so I started doing those, and I just went on the street and pulled the stuff from my little stint at at the Lunar Park when I was 14. So... (laughs) You know, I was doing a, a comic version of that. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: So how did it, how did that... Was it? Did you meet Malcolm and then get into stand-up, or did you meet Malcolm No, no, much stand-up? later.
2: Yeah. So that was 73. I met them in about f- 75 or right. 6. Uh, there used to be some great festivals yeah. um, in the early days, 70s, um, in Suffolk and Wales and... Um, not, sorry, not Wales. Uh, what's that place? Devon. Yeah, it's, it's, the same. Like, it's similar. It's like... It's, it's close, isn't it? <laughs> this is close. <laughs> 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 and um, I saw them at w- one of the festivals, and I just went, "Oh man, I want to." And, and it, I didn't work for them for with them for right. about another twenty years, but we pe- oh, right. became good friends. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, Malcolm was quite a character, wasn't he?
0: He was. Yeah. yeah. I'd sort of, you know, I'd, I had. don't think he particularly liked me, but he, he was. He was got. A, he was. He had a sort of meanness to him behind the the comedy as well. I think, and he was. If he didn't like you. Exactly. Yeah. But
2: but even if he didn't like you, if you asked him for ten quid, he'd give it to you. Yeah. 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 No. I if mean, he had it, which yeah. was unlikely. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did
0: gigs for him and it was you know it was an experience but, the, what, the but tunnel? Bit, did you play i didn't the tunnel? do that i never did the tunnel oh, I, was, no. I was in the early days about no, the creek but it was um suited did the tunnel it was we just started at that, at that sort of late 80s so we, oh, yeah so we because there it felt like in the so when we started in the late 80s early 90s there were still a few acts 80s acts on the circuit yeah and there was some, there were some peculiar acts like the Iceman and oh, yes. then the woman. Who, I can remember the woman who had a, a vagina that she when. Oh, sang. she
2: was a member of the audience. The yeah. fanny farter. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she get called up. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the, the the thing about the tunnel was it was run by the audience. It was all the Elton crowd, and they'd boo you off and then boo you back on. It happened to. <laughs> It happened to um, KJB. These, uh, um, the, they used to be the Cray sisters with Denise Black and the Cray sisters, right? And um, they got booed off, <laughs> and then they got they literally got booed back on. And they said, "Oh man, they went through that last song so fast." <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so that what? Because I feel like you know, we I don't know if it's a, a mythology of what the, the stand up scene was like in the eighties, but um, it, fe- it feels to me like. It was a lot of crazy stuff going on, or was that just in it was that just in the kind of in Malcolm sort of group no no i it think it
2: over? no, I think it was across the board yeah. and I think it was because that there, there weren't there probably weren't enough stand ups to fill four acts on a bill, but what there was was a juggler and a magician and yeah. a a duo doing comic songs or you know i mean i I remember working at the Earth Exchange with French and Saunders when they were starting out yeah. you know and so there would be double acts and just a lot more kind of inventive... Sorry, inventive's not the right word. More off-the-wall kind of stuff yeah. was happening. You know, And I think it was
0: inventive, you know, because I, the, the 90s, it became... I found it very boring, the stand-up circuit in the 90s, <laughs> in that it was a lot of men telling a lot of very similar... Ju- you know, very similar acts, and it was all stand-up, and I kind of thought, this isn't what I... This wasn't what I read about in uh, Didn't You Kill My Mother-in-Law or whatever of the books that, I, that I'd read about, you know, that it felt like a lot of people doing quite formulate gags mm. and then occasionally <laughs> someone coming in with something crazy like you. Um, and, uh, you know, But but also people who... But also more mad people who weren't, you know, didn't have a... Didn't have an act they just had a they had a peculiarity, or a, yes. uh, <laughs> Whereas your, you know, your stuff's always been so inventive and using those those street theatre and clowning traditions to well, create. That's what
2: I told you, Richard. Just need a hat to hit them with and a fucking gun to make sure they laugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can be me. <laughs> Well, you've, you're very. The, it, it, how much improv was? I know you do some Im- improvisation in your shows now. Was it? Was, was the? Was your set when you were doing stuff in, at that time? Was it? Was it improvised or was it all very? very
2: no, kind of I out? mean all of the stuff came. out, I mean, you know, when I look at some of the sketches, I go, "How? How do you? You don't? I didn't never wrote a sketch no. ever. So it would, something would grow and. I suspect a lot of it came from street performing because if you're, if you're playing the street, you're working off the moment, you know. And, yeah. You know, a bag floated down in front of my show once. It's bit one of my favourite sketches now, you know, the bag yeah. attacks me and then attacks the people and then, you know. Um. So, yeah, I, I think I still improvise quite a bit. I, I'd say 40% of the yeah. shows is like turn left, go straight, well, ooh, okay, back on the track, you yeah. know.
0: And did did with audiences has, has there ever, is it as times progressed, has there ever been a stretch for the audience to to go from stand up to, to seeing you? certainly when I saw you, they were when I did a couple of nights together, and they were way behind you, and it was phenomenal.
2: I think so long as the, I'm not put on first yeah. the, on a bill, yeah because the, if you put someone like me on first, it's like I don't do well right <laughs> um. Because then people need a drink, or, or uh, actually, I can go on. F- I can go on first if somebody like Arthur Smith's comparing, or someone else, you know, yeah. a competent compare who can really build the audience up. Or otherwise, I need a couple of acts so that their laugh, laugh bones have kind of warmed up a bit. Yeah. Because sometimes being hit with my surrealism is just like, well, don't get it. <laughs> well, and and it's it's that first couple of minutes that for someone like me if if i catch them then and they'll go with it and then it, it, you know it's a roller coaster did
0: you, know. you feel did you feel the change did the change happen gradually from the sort of 80s to the 90s to what we have now or did you did you notice a, a, a sort of shift in yeah the way no, it was it
2: was quite gradual in the early 90s to the extent where in 95 i just saw it ongoing oh, i'd bought a piece of rainforest in zimbabwe 20, 30 years before, and right. I escaped and restored the rainforest and built a five-storey log cabin in the right. middle of nowhere.
0: Which not many acts do that either, so that's... <laughs> you're very, very, really? <laughs> very, you uh, surprise <laughs> me!
2: <laughs> or would be capable of doing that, I have to say. Uh, and, and the history of that is this most beautiful paradisic piece of work, the planet that I've ever been to um uh, got squatted and destroyed by the Mugabe takeover oh. and it's now a bl- uh, the last piece of lowland rainforest in the world is now a banana plantation on slopes you can't even walk up and all the rivers pristine water we used to say oh my god this water tastes like gold we had springs coming up there that uh, 60 miles to the nearest phone
0: yeah for
2: that i two hours to drive that and um you can't drink any water there now because they discovered ninety-eight percent pure gold in two thousand and three. So the whole area is just like, oh my god.
0: So did you lose that that land? Was it, was it on taken paper? From no, you? no, still yours. But it's
2: been squatted and destroyed. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I've lost it.
0: Right.
2: I keep thinking oh, I'll win the pools. <laughs> Is that, is that, they did not call them that anymore.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think they still is do call the post the, folks, the folks, but the lottery is probably yeah, yeah. A better. But, I mean, if, you wanna, if you want to, if you want to win a lot of money, I mean, it's, I'm going to say it's a better bet. It isn't. It's very, very unlikely you'll win. It's like a lottery, to be honest. But it's, um,
2: but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, if I did, I'd, I'd buy an army and go and take my farm back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was so beautiful. I promise you, if you saw this place, listen. It was on the Mozambique border with Zimbabwe, and that tiny little hook b- bottom bit, to, um, and two of the bordering borders of the the property, fifteen hundred hectares, two of the the borders were an, onto a national park which stretched for hundreds of miles yeah. and into Mozambique. You could you can go for like two week walks there and not see anyone. No. And w- another border was forestry because there was nothing around there. It. it was just so remote. One waterfall was two hundred foot. I mean, it was just so paradisically idyllic. It was ah, it, it was like dream stuff, you know. Sure. And then you go and see it now. And it's like uh, it's enough to make anyone want to buy an army. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's the, it's the world, isn't it? It's the whole
0: world is, this, is, is, is that sort of thing's happening, to? It's very it's really indicative of what's happening to the world, but that's, yeah, very true.
1: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
0: You, uh, you also worked with uh, Ken Campbell. Was that, was that? Oh,
2: I'm so glad you talked about him. Well, he's i on think of my, he I was my big heroes. he's one of my absolute heroes Oh uh, really King. yeah i think he's uh, um there's not enough been said he's really unsung yeah. Yeah. you know why he didn't get the national job i just don't know because i think he was one of the most innovative directors and writers really that yeah. that trilogy that he did was phenomenal
0: yeah
2: yeah and the warp we did that that was 24 hour long play about a poet's life covering 58 to 78. So it was the whole beat generation and jazz and Krishnamurti and Gurdjieff and Ouspensky and I mean, it just was... It's the longest part. I think I think it's still is the longest part. Russell was on stage for all but 10 minutes of it.
0: Right. 24 hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it was really good. Yeah. It really was good. I mean, the cast was phenomenal. Dave Rapopol was in it. Richard yeah. Pope, ah, um, oh, loads of people have gone. Bill Nye, all those lovely people. All the, all the lovies were in it. you
0: know. <laughs> What's the rehearsal? Is it? Was it? Was that? It was scripted, right? There. Yes. Yeah. So you, yeah. you had. To do... They wrote it in two weeks. Right. How how how'd you rehearse a twenty four hour play? <laughs>
2: oh my god. <laughs> okay. The rehearsal rooms were. I think they still go. The Bubble Theatre. Okay. Up in Chalk Farm, they had their rehearsal rooms. And it was a space of probably this kind of size, but little rooms chopped up a bit, but um, made out of corrugated iron and bits of wood. You know, it was really a mishmash of um, architectural styles. Yeah. Really a shack. Sure. And so it was freezing cold. We rehearsed with in winter. (laughs) And the uh, the reason I'm describing a bit of it to you now is because um, he was directing Russell to... uh, uh, Neil Oren was... uh, uh, I think he still is. Very big man and raw energy and, you know, how poets are full of that... uh, The passion of... Everything's a fucking poem. So... (laughs) (laughs) Russell wasn't getting it properly. Uh, Ken goes,
0: Right, Russell! (laughs) Get outside
2: and put some fucking snow in your boots and then come back in here and do it again so you can feel the fucking sweat in your feet. You know, he did. He had to go outside and fill his boots with snow and carry on (laughs) rehearsing. So, uh, okay, um, it was written in ten play sections that all linked on, so it was chronological. And so we rehearsed one play at a time and then we played it at the ICA. And we did 10 days of one play a day. Okay. They were only a, a, an hour long or something, or an hour and a bit. I, I suppose there must be more. I can't do they Yeah, we the know, I mean, probably
0: two, two hours and a bit.
2: Were they? <laughs> 2.4 hours. <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they were a bit. <laughs> we did one play at a time yeah. and they went on for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a break for a, a day, I think, and then we did um, half of it one day and then a day's break and then the other half and then we did five shows of the whole thing yeah
0: did people stay through all, yeah. all through yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it, it was because we had quite a lot of stages there, um, rather than changing you know one stage there and the actors move and the set change we moved the, st- the audience moved around to go oh let's go there, we'll go there. Um, but halfway through they had to go to India so we went off to a park Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I find all this stuff fascinating, and I find the what? Who were were your favourite acts of the of the eighties that that were working alongside you on the on the stand up scene? Do you remember
2: who? Do do you look back and remember? Wow, that's a tough question. um, Only because I haven't got much memory. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, there's. Yeah, the... I mean that's the problem with
0: your generation, is that, you know, if you remember it, you weren't there, isn't it? Really, it's, it's, it's it, But I, me not taking cocaine till I was thirty-six, I was I can re- I can remember everything in painful detail. I can't. Re-
2: <laughs> no, I mean yeah, Greatest Show on Legs, obviously. Though, yeah. I was so how did you attractive. get into? So you
0: were you not in the first? You were you came into? No, that no, in I the, came in, into, into the, no, the. there were the, many iterations. I well.
2: think the third person in the Greatest Show on Legs was always random. Right. You know, the, uh, lots of people say, "Oh, yeah, I was in Great Lake," but they, they were only ever the third person. I did two years of it because when it, the first time, if they didn't have three, but, but often it would be Malcolm and Martin would go off on a gig, and they'd want someone else for the balloon dance, for the sword dance, and a couple of the sketches needed three people. Yeah, and they'd just pick someone up out the bar so right uh, what do you No, <laughs> you'll be naked right and there's these three <laughs> you'll have three balloons <laughs> and it literally would do that yeah. rehearse complete strangers into that um uh yeah no the, the um linda smith she was fabulous yeah um uh, Jeremy, God, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm just thinking of the dead people. Yeah, they are yeah. all, all
0: dead. Martin's still alive. Martin's <laughs> still alive, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah but, um, yeah, it's... Uh... Well, Martin, he doesn't gig very often, though, does he? No. No.
0: Um, but but you know but that's what's interesting in, in that you, you're the you know you I don't know how much uh, you do, oh, shit I not know how much I've, I've fallen off the chest. You want a hand? Uh, no, I'm alright I don't know how much. I don't know how much you're actually gigging like in stand-up clubs now, but you're the you're the almost the the, the survivor of that time, right? I don't, oh there's, my there's, god, really? Well, it's still in terms of still being out there and doing it, because either people, I guess, became like. Big big stars and yeah, uh, and don't yeah. do the stand up circuit anymore or you know or are, <laughs> are dead
2: dead or, or gave in, up or in, yeah. a, in
0: a mental hospital. <laughs> <aspect. laughs> <laughs> want,
2: <to> <laughs> want to get some real money now? I'm going into finance. Now.
0: <laughs> but what you know what I I mean you are very well respected within within the within the industry and and. What not, I love about not you.
2: by promoters though, Richard.
0: <laughs> no, well, but that's why. <laughs> that's why you are, because you've. But I, so I was saying this before we we came on, and it's one of those things where you've, you've got this. Uh, you know, I think your act was was so much more imaginative and involved and and clever than a, a lot of people's at the time. And it could you could have you know something could have happened and you could have been picked up and it could have been massive.
2: But well, I think you know, the only thing that was making people work. uh, And this is what irked me and made me give up the business in the mid-90s was because early on in the 90s, uh, you know, the comedies, the new rock and roll shizzle was going on. And if you weren't working for Avalon or Off the Curb, you weren't getting the decent gigs anymore. You know, those guys were running the show. And so, yeah, they would pick up. Yeah. um, I'm sorry, but I think mostly mediocre acts and turning them into superstars, yeah. really. Yeah,
0: but not that sometimes mediocre acts, not turning them into superstars. Uh, obviously, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> obviously, some people stand out and manage to carve their own little fucking niche.
0: <laughs> but, but it's...
2: OK, where's my foot?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's
0: true, I agree. No, but I do agree with you. And it, you know, and, and it lost... And comedy lost that... You know, it was it was so so anarchic, but then it, but then you're still doing it. But also, what you do, by going your own way and not going not going I'm going to be tempted by that, or I can't I don't fit into that. The stuff you're doing now, as well as doing the stand up, is is your own shows and your own much more involved shows. And I I, haven't, I, I saw uh, the uh, Eric the Fred the Clown show. You, you've got, oh. you've, got a, you've got a nice clip of it on your site. I haven't seen the whole show though. I really want to, but it looks just from that ten minute clip. It looks like the most. It's it's beautiful. It's poignant. It's sort of like a silent film mixed with a surrealist film. So you, you've got your, yourself as a uh, on a screen dancing alongside yourself in reality, and and mm, it's nice. it's be, it's really beautiful. And no, but you know, and it's a piece of art. And mm. you know, you we may, you know, while the comedians have arrived uh, arrived at that, you know, but by 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 going your own way, that's you've, you're creating this. Much more kind of artistically interesting and still amazingly funny and amazingly watchable stuff.
2: Mm, yeah, I think that's my favourite piece actually of, of my. Well, it's a. Yeah, it, it was written with the idea of okay, this is gonna this is my successful bit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that up. Huh? <laughs> Because why? <laughs> There's no agent who wants to take it on. you know, if you haven't got those people selling it. Uh, no, that, that's unfair. The, you know, we were lucky that um, Joseph Selig and Helen Lanigan from the London Mime Festival picked it up for, yeah. they com- kind of commissioned it. Um, and on the back of having played at the London Mime Festival, it got some decent gigs, you know, to career oh. and... Finland and over Europe and we've been to Africa. You know, we've we've travelled quite a lot with it and put it on. Yeah, But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a one-man show and I've got five technicians yeah. putting it on. <laughs> so... It's quite a complete and I need eight metres height for it yeah. because you need that much to hang yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I know, I just...
2: Uh... As I was saying last week to
0: Margaret, it's not necess- it's it's about the people who have seen it. It's about the you know I think even from just seeing the video of it, and I really want to... if you do it again, let me know because I'm going to come and see it. Um, it's it's you know it's creating that moment. I'm because t- we were talking on uh, Facebook about you doing the slapstick festival. Did you get the slapstick festival might put it on in Bristol. Uh,
2: I, I approached them a couple of years ago yeah. and they were kind of. Uh, maybe because you're quite, invo- are you involved? I can, well, with that? I've
0: been, I've done quite a lot with this. I'll, will talk to them about it again because I don't, I think I did. Well, funnily it.
2: enough, I just, I played in Bath recently, yeah, and both the Bath Festival and the Bristol Festival people were there, and they, so they, there's a hint of it maybe being, um, dusted off. Yeah, there. good. Cause it's okay. got, you know, it's, it's got. It's quite but, a special piece. Yeah, actually, and there's, it, it, yeah. there's it, silent, white face, me. I don't say a word, and one of the ruses... No, we came up with three ruses to make it successful. Don't let him go in the audience if right. so. <laughs> I <quite> hit anyone. <laughs> um, so, we've got that's where the gauze is, and we show, So, we do projections on it, and I play yeah. with the film. And they're very, um, it's kind of George Melia's style film stuff, yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. A lot Probably. of kind of sweet little animation bits. Yeah. That's a great story. Well, Great story. I think maybe why it's not successful is I spend an hour trying to kill myself. The <laughs> of it. What age limit is this? Going, so.
0: <laughs> but it's of the magic in it and the, you know, the, the interaction with the, the, the video. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's you, you know, and this is why, it, you know, I, I, it, I know it does matter that if you're getting paid and, and you're famous and all those sort of things that are nice, but if you're creating great work, an interesting work and you doing you mean there's four or five shows you mentioned in your in your website so you're doing a variety show and you you, you know you're involved with with lots of of, of you're involved with this, this slavish snow show mm. which uh um owes a lot to you as well i think uh, the beast of theater is, is that is that yeah, that's, that's mostly more...
2: what i do that that's the easiest thing that com- yeah. sort of comes out of a suitcase quite yeah. easily
0: because is that more the
2: stand-up persona? So the, persona, the stand-up persona is a yeah, sort lunatic. That's, yeah, that's what you've seen. Yeah, the yeah. crazy guy, with the hair out. Yeah. yeah. But that, I, ne- I never got him a, a stage name, so that's who I am, really. Right. I mean yeah. I mean, I don't look like him now, so I, I, I did create this other um, name that I thought would be successful. Right. But I haven't really exercised it very much. But it's a good name. Max <laughs> Bobbins is who I am. OK. <laughs> it's a good name, isn't it? <laughs> 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 and that came about when I was talking to my partner one morning. I, and I woke up and I went, do you know what? I've been in this business for a long time, 40 years now or something, and it's not working. It's, never, it's not going to work. And I think it's because of the name, Chris Linen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to change my name. Oh, really? So, yeah, what are you going to be called? Uh, Max. Oh, Max Lynham. No, Max Bobbins. <laughs> <laughs> so it just it came out as an improvised name. And it kinda of sounds good, so yeah. it might, might be worth pushing. Shall I call you Max Bobbins at the name?
0: Of this? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that'd be confusing? I'll put it at the front miss we get Max Bobbins. Well no, because no, this is talking about old city bodily linemen, isn't it? <laughs> No, but you know, well, I hope that those that you do get to do that show again. And I yeah. really would love to see it, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. and I know it's on your website as well. Actually, one other thing I wanted to say that there's a Tony Slattery quote saying he want he gave up doing stand up because he saw you. It, 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 do you. Do you remember that quote? I presume I because you were so good, rather than he thought there's no, no point in doing I... comedy if guys like this right? are <laughs>
2: I have seen the quote, but have you seen some of the states that man gets into? <laughs> <Which> I think <laughs> I think it's bullshit. I think somebody made that up.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting. Well, it is interesting, and obviously you've had a, a past where you know you you come from that generation where you've you may have taken some drugs in your life. I'm just guessing that may have that may have happened. Me? <laughs> Maybe. But you've actually, you know, you said some of those guys. Uh, and you, there's a lovely anarchy and craziness to you, and and you and and you're very different off stage than you are on stage as well. So there's this, you're you know the the character you're on stage is you you're, you're projecting this very confident guy and this very brash guy, and and you're quite a shy man, I think. Is it fair to say?
2: Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're quietly spoken, and you but you haven't gone any more mad than you were in the 1980s no whereas I think no, some of those guys a, um, have gone more mad yeah, than yeah. they were in the 1980s no the thing is
2: with, with the, the Chris Lynham clown is that it's I mean it looks totally out of control and fuck what's going to happen next yeah. you because know, there's a lot of aggression in it you know I mean one of my favourite bits is smashing the apples I mean it's hilarious um and but and it's so unexpected yeah you know and shooting a, you know heckler boom with a gun mm-hmm. you know I mean, the audiences get taken aback by that. Yeah. So, I I don't know what we're talking
0: about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying you've stayed reasonably sane, it seems.
2: No, no, so the madness looks out of control, but it's actually quite controlled. You know, I like just going a bit over the line.
0: Yeah. It does feel, as an audience member, and certainly the the stand-up act feels... Like, can we have another? Can we have another drink for Mister for Mister Bobbins? So. for Max Bobbins, put it on a different tab. Um, it does feel no. It feels there's a there is a danger, not only a danger of you having an explosion in your bum, but like you, you're going into the audience and you're pulling bras off of seemingly pulling bras out of women's shirts and 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 well, they shouldn't wear them <laughs> and you know it feels and it feels like you know that, so, that something could go wrong you know it feels perilous it mm. feels like something could go wrong um do you but think that's, that's
2: isn't that that makes that crackle that's yeah it, absolutely that's like, oh.
0: well that's because things yeah. are so safe, especially yeah. now things are so safe i mean obviously yeah. you i presume you are trying to keep it fairly safe but uh but is that do you think that's part of the the i mean it's part of the success and it's part of the part of the the problem is it, or,
2: the, yeah. The I mean, that, exactly. Yeah, you know, because the whole world's got. I mean, somebody posted a picture up on Facebook of a, a sketch that I was doing ten years ago, and I went, ah, oh, I love that sketch. Can't do it anymore because all the PC bollocks, right? You know, and although it's not, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't ever kind of cross the boundary of unacceptability or un-PC it pertains to that in such a way that people go. the beginning you know the setup of it yeah uh, basically i'll get a woman i call a woman out the audience and ask put a nice cushion on the floor and everything and ask her to kneel down okay and that's the bit that people are going oh and then can you put your hands like that you know hold your hands to make a music stand and now put the music on there and play the song. Right. <laughs> and, you know, there's a bit of interaction with her. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, the song is Strangers in the Night. Um, uh, and uh, uh, I, 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 I love it. It's funny, yeah. you know. But, you know, the fact that I've got... A, a, a female person out of the audience and made them kneel down in front of me, people go, oh, no, no, you can't do that anymore.
0: I mean, maybe, but, I, you know, maybe. But it's... I think, you know, for most... It's, it's more like the, the physical danger
2: I was, you know, I think... Oh, that, yeah, what, well, hurting people? Well,
0: you know, but, like, throwing things around, you know, using fire. OK. <laughs> you know, you know. So,
2: the only damage I've ever done got me i did the second glastonbury festival and then the next 18 thank you <laughs> thank you very much and the 18th one um i, I do this i'm going to blow everyone up sketch so i've got a, a little bomb in my hand yeah um with a sparkler thing and burns yep. down and t- talking about if there's anything you want to do for the last 40 seconds of your life tough shit because then this goes <laughs> off it, boom and obviously the sparkler goes out and nothing happens and then I throw the thing away. Last time I go shopping in Tokyo is the line. <laughs> and then, boom! And I've usually got a confetti cannon that does the big, huge, large explosion that shoots confetti everywhere. But I hadn't brought it this year. So I just made a paper bag and dangled it about a metre below the tent roof. <laughs> anyway, shrapnel blowed a hole in the tent. And- <laughs> <laughs> And it was Mike Horrible brand new tent. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 so, Arabella banned me. And um, actually, I did come back before she died. I've uh, done the last five seconds. Because that's still. a great festival. I mean, it's yeah. not like it was, but it's still. There's something about that Pilton farm is quite special, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, you know, that's, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs and ruining a couple of tents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, but I'm, that... just,
2: I'm sorry i'm just because it's about me really this yes. show isn't it? <laughs> it is. fuck it i'm going to tell you this other one also glastonbury so <laughs> there's a sketch called the betty Beatty school of better batter beating there's a kind of fanny craddock character who teaches uses the audience as the the final year of, of learning of a baking school sure so um so baking an egg all this stuff throwing eggs up in the air, juggling them, flour everywhere, milk. It's quite messy. And um they put the egg in the oven then get the audience to sing this song. Hey diddly-dee, hey diddly-dog, one of these days I'll be a frog. And the audience go, oom-quack, 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 oom-quack. Try it. Oom-quack, oom-quack, quack oom-quack, oom-quack, It's beautiful. And then I go, ooh, I think the cake's just about ready. Do you? Yes, shall we have a look? Yeah. Now go to the thing and press the button. There's it, it, another explosion in there. Again, it might have been the same. No, no, this was previous year. <laughs> but that should be a confetti streamer cartridge, which just shoots a little... It's like a giant party popper, you know. It goes, yeah, hey, boom, and then there's a real cake in there, ready-made. It's funny. But this time... <laughs> this time, and this was a homemade oven with a wooden door. And... Um, <laughs> Usually I use a cardboard box and this wooden door blew off because I'd made a big charge and this fucking bomb inside. <laughs> and I promise you, the door flew 20 feet right across the front of the stage <laughs> and whacked a woman on the head. <laughs> and she went, oh! <laughs> As you would. Yes. <laughs> and, and then she, she, uh, she said something and the audience started laughing and, and being on my side, like, ah, uh, that was funny. And I turned it around and went, no, this is dangerous. You don't understand. This could have really hurt her. Look, bang! And I, said, and I beat myself to, almost to a pulp with this bloody door <laughs> to show them that it was not funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what am I thinking? <laughs>
0: But that's the, you know that's the clowning, isn't it? And that's the the anarchy of the clown, and that's the role of the clown, isn't it? To 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 not obey the rules of of what you're meant to do, and to and to point up. I that, do now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's got to be. I think there's there's edge to stuff, and you can still be you can still be allowed to be edgy, and you can still yeah, um, yeah, allow a bit for of sure. risk. And, and I can't
2: do anything else Richard. You no, know, it's in my blood.
0: Well, and I think you, you, you can. But you are an anarchist, but there's, a, there's the heart of a poet, and it's you know we're trying to describe in audio a thing that's entirely visual, mostly entirely visual. <laughs> <laughs> so it's we're never going to quite get it. Oh my I'll God,
2: Because this not working? Should it we is
0: working, it? but we're never, <laughs> never going to capture the essence of it of <laughs> why, just, of why it's a beautiful. Stop? It's a beautiful thing as well as a funny thing, you know. And and that, and it's, it's, you know, it's just lovely when you, when you, when you change an object in, when you use an object for something and it turns into something else, Mm. or, you know, like you say, the idea with a bag that's attacking you that's come out of nowhere. And those, it's, it's taking reality and and finding the comedy in, in that kind of mundanity. But it's, it's, Mm. it's, 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 it's beautiful as well as funny. Well, I've, I've written down here, and I don't, I've written down popcorn. I don't know what that was about. Maybe I just was hungry when I wrote that. Ah, Do Pop, you know pop
2: Punk Club. It? Yeah. Ah, yes, of course. So, um, we used to have a a Tempe's band called the Extravaganzas in the 80s. We started a, late 80s. Yeah. Mid 80s actually. And it was kind of a show band, but uh, and all the musicians uh, were very competent and all had kind of characters. And um So there would be, there was, was it was a bit like a three ring circus, where there was always always little stories going on in the horn section and between the drummer and then, and sketches. We'd do sketches, and then we'd bring guests on to do a a spot. And then uh, Jules Holland did a thing called the Jules Holland Extravaganza. Okay. Oh no, shit! Another good name bites the dust. because you can't you know you can't compete with people like that yeah. if, you, if you suddenly go chris Lynham and the extravaganzas and jules holland's extravaganza they go who's extravagant then
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well he's gonna win isn't he yeah
0: yeah so is that so, he, he, he... so we
2: changed it to popcorn club yeah okay and uh, it was a similar kind of thing not as big a band and a few more acts than there were before
0: because yeah. the variety is still a big thing, right? There's, the... It's coming back, yeah.
2: actually. Um, yeah. uh, uh, in Well, kind of burlesque has moved into... Uh, That's it. But, you know, when when we all started back then, there, there weren't burlesque shows. I no. mean, there was some stuff going on at Raymond's Review Bar. And, yeah. um, and Madame Jojo's, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, but I don't think they had people like us on. No. Um, it was mainly get your clothes off molly yeah i think if you go back to
0: barry Cryer's time there was barry Cryer. there'll be a there'd be a stand-up between the oh really the, well the girls would do tableau and i think then barry Cryer started this is obviously a, a little while back um <laughs> yeah, where uh, they the, the stand-up would have the comedian would have to come and in between when the what a career he's had man Jeepers. yeah but no wow. he was he, did, he was on this recently he's uh well wow. yeah he's amazing um but yeah, I mean, my memory of doing so uh, suppose, Eddie Izzard's gig or one of those gigs. There, is you were you would sh- you'd be sharing the dressing room with the girls who were stripping in the Raymond Review Bar, but, and then yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and, and then you'd go out a different way. Yeah, yeah and, uh, you know I was, I was like twenty one years old, and I was going what, <laughs> 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 and you know, much too young to appreciate it as well. But it was uh, uh, just I was just scared uh rightly so uh, but, uh, yeah so there was always there was there's always been a little connection between between the and, and that, yeah madam jojos is where there's there's a video of me being heckled at madam jojos uh that's that got millions of views um but it was but that was that was this more they were moving into this more burlesque and mixing mixing in burlesque uh, with Sketches and stand-up, which was a charming evening until I came on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's what's coming back now. The, yeah. uh, um, I'm, yeah. th- in fact, I'm doing more of those kind of gigs, you know. Right. Uh, trying to get up on the stand-up circuit is that they, they, people just don't want it. No. Yeah. They don't want anything that's um, too confrontational and they don't want anything that's maybe going to cause any ripples. And Martin, uh, do you know Martin Moore? Martin Big Pig? Yes, yeah. He's. I mean, I'm not sure if I 100% agree with this, but it it kind of makes sense. He says that the promoters don't want people like us because we're we come come in and deliver an eight or a nine or a ten to the audience, and they get consistent sixes. And that's <laughs> what the audience want is that you know. So if if you if you suddenly give them somebody who's a nine or a ten, and the audience go, Wow, man, did you see that? Boy? And They come back. So I mean I'm not sure if I hundred percent agree with that, but it is something worth thinking about that you know they do want mediocrity really well, in a lot of the stand up world.
0: I, no, I think there's there's it's it has you know but things become formulaic and things you know which uh, and things become a bit too the same and and I think that's that's the the issue and so it, it should work you know and it should there are lots of clubs and certainly. Again, I'm going back. I'm going back. Still, like ten or fifteen years ago, since when I sort of came back to stand up. But there were lots of sort of fringe gigs where people were doing more interesting stuff. It wouldn't necessarily be as extreme or as you know as chaotic or anarchic, but it was it was stuff that you could do outside of the of those main clubs where you just mm. need to be usually at that time a man standing up telling you know very similar jokes to the last man yeah. he was on. And that's a, you know that's a shame for comedy. And I think that's why people of my generation who sort of grew up catching bits of, of, of the 80s and, uh, and the alternative comedy on TV and maybe catching the odd gig here and there. We sort of have this very romantic idea of it being this wonderful time of freedom and liberation. But is that, I think that's probably true, isn't it? And then we came... Gave- and our generation sort of slowly wiped wiped it off the map, kind of thing, I suppose. (laughs) So sorry. Just wanted to say sorry. No, I don't blame you at all. (laughs) No, no, it's not you, Richard. It's your fucking agent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you know what? I've tried to contact him for the last 20 years. Well, I've given up now. I haven't for 10 years. But, you know, no return phone calls. Can't get to speak to him. No. Well, same for me. Uh,
0: (laughs) But you know, but it's but I think, I think you know. I think there is. What would I What would you ideally want to happen with the next twenty years of your career? I'm going to give you till.
2: Uh, was it and uh, ninety eight? Will that be or 88? 80, uh, I think uh, six months will do me. Yeah. Pop off. <laughs> but unfortunately, my lifeline goes like.
0: Yeah, I think you're too. Very you're far. Not, I'm
2: going to be 120 before I die. So all of you lot will be fucking gone. Yeah, I'll and definitely, I'll be, I'll definitely be gone. I'll... <laughs>
0: Barry Cryer is fucking outliving me. I can tell you that for sure. Barry Barry Cryer is speaking at my funeral. That's what I, I'm delighted about it. But um, you know, but if you would, you it sounds like you would like to do those those theatrical shows. And I love could, him, yeah. yeah,
2: and and I like this. You know, this room we're in now. Yeah. It's, I, I I played one of the, a, a similar kind of room on Thursday night, and I t- I love it all. I just love gigging. You know, and yeah. uh, um. I've, I've, because I've learned how to do it somehow, um, audiences mostly like me, yeah, and uh, laugh a lot. I, mean, I, I'm, I get a lot of uh, laughs per minute, actually. And not <laughs> joke laughs. Uh, no. I do a uh, joke sometimes, but um, it's not mine. <laughs> 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 I can't remember jokes <laughs> and I don't write them.:
0: No. But that's you know I think it is special. I hope you know I know promoters do listen to this podcast and I know Really? People.
2: Yeah. So I think. Oh, know. I love Avalon. I think.
0: That's yeah. such a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does. He doesn't listen. will um, <laughs> he, he, anyway, he'll like that you don't like him. Uh, but you know, I think there's, you know, you should be at these people. People should be seeing your stuff, and I know they you know, and they have been for, for fifty years. People have been seeing your stuff, and it's it's um, it's great. And I, but I think that's. I just think that ma- those those magical memories you have performing the ones you can remember and the, the but the audience have seen it because if you've seen you you won't you won't forget it you know no. like forget I don't know. My name. I don't maybe but I don't know who else was on that night the last time I saw you in Chiswick but I you know I can't remember who was on but I would never you know I wouldn't forget working with you and it's the same like the guys in the early 90s who were still from that circuit I would never I know I probably couldn't tell you Half the people I worked with at that time, mm. but you know, I would never forget those those crazy people doing the crazy. Yeah, John Sparks, Donna McPhail.
2: Yeah, yeah, some really interesting people. Yeah. So
0: you know, and it was, and it was, it, it was, it would. It, I think there's things that are better about comedy now than than, than then. But I think the spit, the the heart of it, and the spirit of it was what was important. But that will that will keep. I think that's a revolution that will come round. You know, I think I think that's. Things happen, things get a bit more straight-laced and
2: things yeah. get a bit crazy. Well, let's hope things you're get... right, Richard, because I could do with a little comeback. Yeah. And maybe it's going to be something that happens every 40 years. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last for five.
0: <laughs> but that would be okay. But I'm sure, you know, I hope, I hope you get to put that, the kind of show on again. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, I will definitely too, come and see it. I'd definitely come and see it if you do. And so should all of you and all of you, more importantly, the people listening, because this isn't a big enough audience. <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> The people listening. Um, <laughs> look, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you. and Thank you for sharing all of that. It's uh, absolutely terrific. And uh, check out, you, you've got a website, check out. The, do check out that clip of the show, because it's, it's just Eric magical. the Fred. Eric He's the Fred. The absolutely magical. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the legendary, the amazing, the king of clowns, Chris Lynham, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <clears throat> thank you very much. We'll be, I don't know when we're back. We're back here in January. Come and see us again in January. You have been listening to Rahula with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Chris Lynham. Thank you to Scant Regard, who play this fine tune for us every single week. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Thank you to everyone at The Phoenix for having us once again. We are doing some more gigs with them in January, so look out for those, richardherring.com slash gigs. Uh, thank you very much to Chris Evans, not that one, and all the team at GoFasterStripe.com, including George, the competent Sandman. More than competent, he's excellent. Come on, it's a new year, a new way of looking at things. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Back our Kickstarter at um, GoFasterStripe.com slash Rahalastapa you can give a little you can give a lot but if you give some money you will help us pay to live stream the new series go and do it now go fasterstrike.com and check out richardherring.com to find out where you can see me in 2022 if applicable
1: No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture, and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm travelling around Europe. Following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Thank you very much for listening to my podcasts. Listen to some more. Tell your friends about these podcasts. We're in a very competitive market and it would be lovely to keep those downloads coming in. The more downloads we get, the more money we make and the more podcasts we can make for you. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Come and see me on tour at richardherring.com. But otherwise, just, you know,
2: go outside. Enjoy the spring air. It's beautiful out there. I love you all. Goodbye.